0: But if you have a Bible with you will you go ahead and turn with me to Haggai Haggai number un What's happening? Okay, um, <clears throat> go <ahead. laughs> on. Oh. We spoke last week about where we're heading as a church, where we, where we feel God's leading us and, and how he's deepening us into our, our vision, our mandate, what our core principles are to be image bearers of Jesus, to love God, love people, make disciples, to advance the kingdom and to bring common unity around Jesus in the house, see nation, the nations. You can go and listen to that. It's on the app. And we're going to continue in this vein of explaining where God's leading us. And I have been thinking through this this time and asking God to, to keep revealing. I'm in so many different conversations about the church and so many different conversations about what God is doing in our midst. And there are so many different views and opinions and understandings and this is happening and that is happening and God's leading us here and he's leading us there and he's doing this he's not doing that that's finished that's no longer finished this is finished and I just I've got to the place where I'm so eager to just say Lord just show us where you're leading us us as a people and and for me I see that as as this congregation as a part of the church in a city and then the nation right and then the nations and I I think we can get caught up sometimes overlooking what we think it is when the simplicity of, of the gospel, like I spoke about last week, is really for us just to love God, to love people, to make disciples, to advance the kingdom, and to do that everywhere that we go. I think that, undeniably, is, is what God is doing. Not just in this house, but across all the houses, is that He is revealing His kingdom through who He is as Lord. But this verse in Haggai, which I've read before and, and have somewhat broken it down a little bit, is, is challenging in the beginning, but then incredibly exciting as to who we are as a people and where we're going. But we can't, deal, we can't just skip through to the exciting part and not actually look at and deal with the challenging part that Haggai, the prophet, leads the people to. So Haggai 1, chapter 1, verse 7, says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house, therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce and i have called for a drought on the land and the hills on the grain the new wine the oil on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and all of their labors now like i said he he brings this incredibly deep challenge to us before he brings us an incredibly exciting um uh, prophecy into where God's leading us, but He says that we have to go up, bring the wood, and build the house for two things that He may take pleasure in it and that He may be glorified in it. So, like Sean said while, during worship, the reason it doesn't matter where we meet, the reason it doesn't matter what it looks like or how it sounds, is that the only goal we set out here on a Sunday evening when we gather together. In in this sense of the house, before we go to an individual sense of the house, the only goal that we have is to bring him glory. We're not looking to create something that is exciting and brings people in that is 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 pumped up. All those those things can work. The goal for us as Christians is to bring him glory. That's on a on a a large basis for this house as community, but on an individual basis, our lives then also set out to be. Um, avenues by which bring God glory that's it that's simplicity of who we are that in everything that we do our 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 jobs our marriages our families who we are as people our only prayer in God am I doing the right thing is Lord am I bringing you glory because if he's asked us to do something else and we're not that's not bringing him glory therefore the answer to the question all the time is yes or no And sometimes when we ask God, should I turn left or should I turn right? God goes, both will bring me glory. It doesn't matter. Turn either side and I'll walk with you. But sometimes there's a specificity. Is that a word? Specificity? It is now. It's specific. Right? Where God is leading us. Specificity. (laughs) Specificity. When we look to create our own temple courts that have statues of ourselves in the courtyard, we walk away from the fresh flowing manner of heaven. When we lean to our own self, when we lean to what we want to do and where we want to go, we put ourselves in the center, we put a, a picture up of ourselves, that is when we walk away from the kingdom and what God has for us. And the trouble is, is that sometimes when we turn and look and say, God, what is going wrong? There's a lot of things that have to be destroyed before we can build what God's asked us to build or put back in what God's asked us to put back in. See, an apostle in the Old Testament, an apostle was used to send out, sorry, an apostle in, in the Old understanding was used to send out and to make a statue of. So a Caesar would send an apostle into an area and would ask them to go and create that place to look like Rome so that if the Caesar ever came, he would be like he was at home, that that place would look the same. The reason I bring that up is that Jesus, God, is asking us as image bearers, not just in the sense of an apostle, but as image bearers of him, our goal is to come and to make this place look like heaven, to look like what God has in heaven. Right, to bring glory and honor to the kingdom realm, to who he is through our lives and what we do in every asset. What Haggai is saying here is he's saying, we have spent too much time on our own stuff, too much time building our own things, building our own houses, our own ideas of what the kingdom should look like, our own understanding or position of it should have this, it should have that, because that's what suits us more. And what, Jesus, what, what the Lord says here is he says, I blew it all away. Because my house lies in ruin, but each of you busies himself with their own house. Therefore, I have withheld the dew, its produce. I've called for drought on the land of the hills and the grain, the new wine, the oil, what brings forth of men and beasts and all their laborers. When we step outside the plan God has for us, it dries everything else up. It cuts off the supply that God has given for us to succeed and operate in who he is. Does that make sense? Haggai is saying when we get lost in ourselves, when we get lost in what we want it to look like, who we want to be in this, what our world should look like, we lose the focus of what God is giving us to do and who He's asking us to be. So when everything that we're doing in this house and everything that we're attempting to do just now in our lives is to say, Lord, where we're getting this wrong, help us bring glory to You. Where we're not seeing it correctly, where we're working on our own challenges please let us bring glory to you there's a a book by um rick Joyner called cat what's it called what's the book called uh, it's got a few... last battle, something like the last battle it's, a, it's irrelevant it's a cool book it's a a dream revision the final quest it's called the final quest And he has this incredible scene in the final quest that has challenged me greatly because he he has a dream and in the dream he goes to heaven and he's not saying, thus saith the Lord. He says, this is the dream I had, I'm going to share it. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, that's okay. But he has a dream and he goes into heaven and he can see these... um, people of old guys of old theologians old fathers of the faith he believes and when he walks into heaven he's in a particularly dreary dark part of heaven is the way he explains it he actually calls it out of darkness but that's a conversation for another time but it's a it's a not a a a glorious filled place of of heaven but through the sort of dark area he can see the throne room and he can see um other thrones and and people sitting on those thrones with crowns and he meets a particular man and in the book he doesn't tell you who the man is because he says that he's a very very well-known theologian and he was one of the authors rick's biggest aspiration biggest um fair he was the biggest fan of he was a follower of this guy and he says to him your work has revolutionized the church. You have you have, your teachings, your understanding of scripture have exploded the way we've, we've seen. Why are you here? Why aren't you up on a throne with a crown on? And in the book, he explains that I, I wept while reading it. Because he, he starts to cry and he says, I did it for my own sake not for the sake of God. I was building my own house. I was putting together my own, my own kingdom. I wanted to be the smart, awesome theologian. And although God was giving me revelation and I was showing the people the revelation, I did it for my own sake. I was building my own kingdom. And in the book, it's, it's brutal because again, he's this guy's hero. And he says, but I, I don't understand. And he challenges Rick. He says, make sure that everything you do you do it for God's glory and nothing else. And the challenge in that is that we can get so caught up in our lives, in, in our workplaces, in our church building, in, in our Sunday services, in our prayer meetings, in our sporting teams, whatever it is, and we can twist it and say it's all this exciting thing. But if we lose the focus of the fact of, God, I'm doing it for you, it says that He will blow the thing away. It will be destroyed. It will be destroyed. I think we understand how brutal it is, so I'm going to skip Amos six four seven. But if you need to understand how much more brutal it is, go read Amos 6, verse 7. It just reiterates the fact that there is this incredibly challenging understanding of living ourself for ourselves or living for the glory and, and kingdom of God. Continue on into Haggai. Haggai 1, go to verse 14. It says, And the Lord stirred up so, sorry, he, he finishes off. He says, you haven't gone and done all these things. You, you have built your own houses. You've, you've lost what I've done. But then it says in, in 1 verse 14, it says, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shathiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehosadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. The Lord stirred up the spirit of of the remnant of people. The Lord stirred up those who said, God, I will go on your behalf. I will go to bring your glory. Like Sean was saying, if we're in that position to say, Lord, I'm not here for my sake. I'm here because it's a part of what will bring you glory. I'm not going to my workplace for some wild reason to, to, to make all this money, to be somebody. I'm going because I believe you've put me in a position. You've called me to such a place for such a time. God, I'm going because I am one of the remnant who will continue to fight for your glory. And it says the Lord stirred them up. It was in his strength that they managed to stay and to operate to say, God, I will do what you will ask me to do. And can I tell you, in the world that we live in today, with the the tightening of of the social issues, with the the ever-changing rules in the society we live in today, we are going to need the Spirit of the Lord to navigate some of the challenges that we're going to face. To stand up and say, I will count for God. I will count for the whose scriptures say that he is, I will count for for Jesus Christ. I will will tell you what I think is right and wrong. For us to do that in the world today, we are going to need the Spirit of God. Because there are so many, there are so many things that are, are losing all their base where there is no right and wrong. There is no more morality. There is do whatever makes you feel good and it is hope that everyone else around you also feels good in the age that's coming, you will need the Spirit of the Lord and it says that He will give it to the remnant who has chosen to stand with Him, who has chosen to continue to, to move and to, to be in, in who He is. Go over to Haggai 2, verse 4. The prophet continues on. He says, Yet now be strong, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, so that the treasure of all nations shall come in. And I will fill the house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give my peace declares the Lord of hosts. The first thing he declares, the Lord declares in this is to be strong. With all that we are, be strong. God trust, allow yourself to trust in who God is. Be strong in who he says that he is. Philippians four eleven verse thirteen, which a lot of us would have had on seen on fridge magnets and bumpers, it says, which we all know in in thirteen, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But the verse before that, 11 and 12, says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is not a, a little tagline that we use when we're going to, into a, jog, a job interview or if we're hoping for something to come through. This is to say in every instance of our life, whenever, wherever we are, we know that we can trust in God. That we can trust who he is, that we can triumph in him, in our suffering and in our triumph. The next thing he says is to work. Firstly, he says, be strong. Then he says, work. We get to work in the kingdom as a people. We get to be a part of what God is doing. It's not a drag myself up and today I have to do something good. We get to do that in the kingdom. He says, work for the kingdom. Work in in who I am and what I'm doing. Work to, to, to do what I ask you to do. We get to partner with Christ. He doesn't just do it all for us. We get to be a part of that. He continues on. He says that his spirit remains in our midst. That his spirit remains in our midst. I watched a video today where a guy explained he he was an ex-drug addict and he explained why he was tripping, that he, he, he met God and it was a, a, an incredible experience. But he says that he realized that while he was, he was speaking to God, God was allowing him the breath that was in his body. That every breath he took, that was God giving that breath to him. That he was allowing him to breathe in and to breathe out. When we come into a moment like we just had in worship or when we wake up in the morning and we sit to give ourselves time with, with the Father, we get to do that with the King of glory. He becomes in our midst. He sits with us. He, he walks with us. That is something we, we cannot forget to make it a feeling or a tingling or something that we, we hope will happen during a worship set. The King of glory wants to sit with you. The King of glory wants to be with you. That is an incredibly amazing thing when we actually take into consideration what that means. That if we, if, I was going to say a famous movie actor and Russell Crowe was the only one that came to mind. But if Russell Crowe came through the door, we would be excited that he's here, right? Some of you wouldn't be. I would be kind of excited. Who's a better movie star? Give me someone. Ryan Gosling. Is that something? Ryan Gosling? The girls? No, okay. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, really? Brad Pitt. Hugh Jackman, Tom Cruise, whoever it is, whichever is your favorite, which your movie star of choice, if they came through the door, if they came into your home, you would be elated that they were there. You would sit with them for hours. You would ask them questions. You would be pumped to have them. You would tell all your friends, man, you wouldn't believe who was here. I had Hugh Jackman, I had Russell Crowe. I'll have Russell Crowe. I like the guy. You would be elated that he's there, but now into some sense we've gone, was the spirit there? Oh, yeah. You know, there was some spirit. Was some stuff happened, right? We 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 belittle what God is. That God is in our midst. Like I, I don't think when we when we see the scriptures that they they understood the the size of what that meant. That God was in their midst. That we have what what Moses would have. Died to have, we have the spirit in us, indwelling in us, that when, when, when we, we lay down at night that we have the, the Creator God in us and moving through us, the spirit is in your midst. And it says, he continues on. And he says, that the heavens that the nations and the heavens will be shaken." I'm almost finished, I promise. That the heavens and the nations will be shaken. Jesus, Jesus. Sorry, I missed one. He says, Fear not. He says, Fear not. You know, in Psalm 23, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the reason that we can fear not is because there's a rod and a staff that that comforts us. The rod that he's talking about was short and stumpy. And it was used for prodding the sheep or giving them a little bit of a, a hit when they were eating something they shouldn't or not moving when he was asking them to move. And then there was a staff that had a hook on the end of it. And when the, the sheep would get out of line or would, would not go, the, the, the rod was to reach out and move the sheep back into line or back into to where he was going. And I find it interesting that we use this verse often, but what that means is that God is saying to us that when when we operate with Him and we don't and we want there to be no fear, we have to allow Him to correct us, to guide us and to direct us. That that correction and that guiding is God leading us where we're supposed to go. That that rod and that staff that brings comfort sometimes is what leads us to, to getting a little clip on the ears to say, you're out of alignment with me. Come back into alignment. It then says the nations and the heavens will be shaken. And in Hebrews, we see this, we see this um, the author, which I won't go into, but Hebrews 12, 25 to 29, that God is saying, the Lord is saying, I will shake everything that is in your midst these things that are being established in our world these things that are being put together that seem unshakable these uh, insane new rules with with gender these insane um things that are being outlaid with abortion and other things like that we are are looking this to say these things are being locked in stone but god says i will shake both the heavens and the earth i will mix up the things that are leading my people into destruction He's saying, these things that look like they're being locked away, I will remove them. I will shake them. This thing will crumble if they continue to build their own houses and to lift up their own kingdoms. God is reminding us that his people, the moment we shift our eyes, the moment we, we look away for him, the things that we've put our hope and our trust in will be shaken and destroyed. Those things that haven't been put in in God, those things that we haven't laid our trust in Him will crumble and fall apart. And then he finishes with this. He says, the house will be filled with glory, greater than the glory that's ever come before. And then he finishes by saying, peace will come. He's saying that the glory of God, Jesus, peace, shalom, the Prince of Peace will fill the house. We know when we are operating in the things of God because in the house there is peace and glory being revealed in every place that we turn. When we start to see the revelation of the kingdom of heaven being established, it's not more money, more people, more signs, more things. It's the peace and glory of God. Does that make sense? When we actually begin to operate in His kingdom and and step where He's asking us to step, we will see the realm that He operates and is king of start to manifest or, or be made present in our midst. That's how we know we're starting to see the the latter glory being greater. That means that the peace that we will have in this age will be greater than the peace that's been before. The glory that we will see in this age will be greater than the glory that's come before. And if there's an age after us, the the glory that they will see will be greater than the glory we see now. What we are, are living toward, though, is not that glory. However, God says, I will give you that glory. All that we do, everything that we are attempting to be as a people, to live out our life as Christians, is to glorify the great King. That even though those things, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, they are all incredible and they are all meant to be taking place, the, the sign of a kingdom people of God is to bring glory and honor to the King. That's why I, I struggle when I see ministers or preachers of the faith bagging other ministers or preachers of the faith because they're putting their best foot forward to bring glory and honor yours looks different but just do what you've been asked to do that's also why i have no issue when people say they they are being called to another house because their goal for us to ensure glory and honor to the great king does that make sense why don't you stand let's pray